You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there. It is game day eve, and we are getting you ready for BYU and Arizona. Our game preview edition is ahead. We'll also catch up with BYU cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford in an exclusive conversation. What does he make of his position group as they go against a pretty talented wide receiving core for Arizona? We'll see if the quarterbacks can actually get those receivers the football. And we'll also catch up on what's going on with the Big 12. BYU rumored to be among the top four candidates to receive an invite from the hateful eight, as it were. I'll tell you what I know about the situation. We'll dig into all of that ahead on today's podcast. The NFL season is just about to begin, and nobody is covering it like the Locked On Podcast Network this past Monday and running through next Wednesday, September 8th. Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, and tune in every single day and be caught up on everything going on in the NFL. All right, without further ado, though, let's dive in on a Friday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 3rd, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hope you all are doing great out there wherever you might be. And a quick reminder for you guys to make sure if you're just checking us out for the first time, we are your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. There are thousands of you out there who are tuning in every single day, making sure you guys are apprised of everything you need to know about the Cougars. And if you're new, hopefully you'll be joining the throngs of fans that have been joining us every day because we have an absolute blast. I love bringing this podcast to you guys. So make sure you hit that follow button wherever you're listening in from. We are free and available on all podcast platforms and you can check us out every single day. Now let's talk a little bit about what to expect from BYU when it comes to the big 12. I know you're probably coming here because it says the Arizona preview. Hey, we'll get to that in just a moment. But the Big 12 news out there, folks, is heating up, plain and simple. Reports from Max Olson in The Athletic yesterday saying that BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati are the four frontrunners to receive invites to the Big 12, it appears. And it appears that the Big 12 is intent on making a move in the relatively near future. I said recently on the Saturday show that I host for the Zone Sports Network that I believe that announcements were going to come at some point during this upcoming season about the buyout situation with regards to Texas and Oklahoma. I do think that announcement will either be uh, joined by or shortly followed by an announcement of what the Big 12 is going to do, what they officially plan to do to replace Oklahoma and Texas. The hateful eight, the remaining eight, whatever you want to call them that are in the Big 12 right now, they have got to make sure that they secure their foundation for the foreseeable future. Does that mean it's going to stay that way for the next decade? There's no way of knowing. But everything that I am hearing on my front, and I started digging around yesterday when that report came out from Max Olson that's saying that BYU is one of the four front runners, and there is legitimate interest that BYU has in joining the Big 12. But BYU will not put themselves in a bad situation. And I get that that doesn't sound like a, a real bold prediction. Trust me, folks. 
people I have talked to who are more in the know on this than I am and I ever will be, let's be honest, believe that BYU does have genuine interest in joining the Big 12. This is my personal opinion on the matter. This is not something I was told. I just want to see BYU get across that line, become a member of the Power Five. That is the overarching concern that I have for BYU is that if you don't make it in at this juncture, especially when the Big 12 is in as big of a need as they have ever been, let's be honest, these eight teams, they don't really have a foundation. They don't have an anchor, and they're trying to secure themselves against what the SEC has just done, making themselves into the premier conference. They are going to have seven of the top budgets in all of collegiate athletics in that conference when Oklahoma and Texas make their move. Well, there's also the alliance that the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC announced. Well, the Big 12 is just kind of floundering out there, and they need to find a way to make sure that they remain relevant. Well, you can make yourself a pretty dang good football conference by adding the likes of UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. And I know that basketball doesn't necessarily drive things anymore in college athletics. We're all aware of that. And if you're not, I, I would disagree with you wholeheartedly. But the good news is if you, if you like basketball... Well, you create that basketball conference, you've got maybe the premier basketball conference in the entire country. It rivals anything that the Big East has got, the ACC, even the SEC is up and coming. But I think that new Big 12 with BYU, with Houston, with Cincinnati, UCF eh, in basketball, but obviously it'd probably take an upgrade considering who they'd be competing against, the likes of Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State some elite basketball prospects. So everything that I'm hearing is there is interest on both sides. There's interest from the Big 12 and BYU, and BYU has interest in the Big 12. That's not revolutionary news. BYU has always envisioned themselves being a Power 5 program. The good news at this juncture is that BYU holds more leverage than they ever have in, than in the past. They can ask for things now that maybe they couldn't have asked for or pushed for when previous negotiations with the Big 12 may have taken place. The Sunday play issue will always be there, but I do believe that can be worked around, and I think the Big 12, if they want to have BYU, one of the premier brands outside the Power Five, join that conference, they're going to have to play ball on that. They're also going to have to help BYU out with regards to their future schedules. Are there certain buyouts that may have to be met? Sure, but I do believe, and if I'm not mistaken, most of BYU's future game contracts as an independent have outs in case BYU did join a Power Five conference. The good news is, you can pick and choose games that you want to hold on to as a non-conference. And let's be honest, if you were playing a Big 12 schedule, you had eight conference games, potentially nine. I don't know what they're going to do with that. And then you were able to kind of say, okay, we want to keep some of these premier non-conference matchups. BYU is going to find themselves in a lot of high-level games, folks. That's the good news on this front. So there is interest on both sides. Does that mean an invite is imminent? No, I don't know when an invite necessarily is coming, but I am talking with people. There is genuine interest from the Big 12 in chasing BYU and these other schools to secure themselves and hopefully remake the Big 12 into a new entity, obviously. There's not one of the quote-unquote blue bloods in that conference, but holy cow, that's going to be a lot of fun football, I think. There's a lot of up-and-coming programs, a lot of high-flying offenses. I think the Big 12 can carve out quite a niche for itself if it's willing to just go out there and show what it can do. Obviously, the basketball will be absolutely stellar, and there's going to be travel concerns with the other sports. I get that. But when you're making potentially $20, 25000000 million a year, you can overcome all those hurdles. So it sounds like things are 
are moving along. I'm not saying that you're going to wake up tomorrow or wake up next week and suddenly the Big 12, Bob Bowlesby's out there saying, we're pleased to invite BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston to be members of the Big 12. I don't think that's going to happen right away, but I do believe that these things are moving, plain and simple. There are conversations going on at multiple institutions with the Big 12, and that should excite you. And BYU's right there firmly in the mix, folks. So get excited. I understand that you want BYU to be in the Big 12 next year or tomorrow, whatever it might be. It may be a couple of seasons before they actually ultimately get there, but the overarching concern that I have, and this is just me speaking, is you just need to get to the Power Five. You can imagine getting that Power Five moniker, getting that reputation, it's only going to help you in recruiting. There are a lot of kids who grew up members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who have been wooed and swayed by Power Five conferences who denigrate BYU saying, you want to go play there, but they're not Power Five. We are Power Five. It matters, folks. Getting that Power Five label, I think, is something that BYU needs to chase. Obviously, there are going to be things that BYU will need to work around. BYU TV, the Sunday play issue. Are you willing to put up with what BYU does, the honor code, all that stuff. You just got to be able to understand that both sides need each other and come to a compromise and move forward. We'll see how it all shakes out. But I'm excited, folks, and it sounds like good things are on the horizon for BYU if everything keeps going the way it sounds like it is going currently. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll dig into tomorrow's contest, the big showdown. The 2021 season is here, folks. Let's talk about BYU in Arizona. What do you need to know about the Wildcats? We'll dig into that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. And Built Bar has never been more important to BYU athletics than it is right now. Many of you know that Built Bar has signed that sponsorship agreement, that name, image, and likeness agreement with BYU football. All players this past week got some Built Swag, a really cool box, by the way. They had their number. It was emblazoned or, I guess, burned into the wood there. Really, really cool thing. It had some Built Swag in it. And for the players... The walk-ons, they got their checks that'll pay their tuition for this semester. The other players on scholarship got their $1,000 payments. The players were absolutely loving it, folks. And you can support BYU athletics and BYU football in particular by supporting Built Bar. The best part about Built Bars, they're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're the best-tasting protein bars that I have ever had. I will not stand for Built Bar slander. I'm not going to lie. I am a huge proponent of Built Bars. The best part about Built Bars is you will not believe how healthy they are for you as compared to how great they taste. 17 to 18 grams of protein packed into each bar, 130 to 180 calories only, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. It's an absolutely incredible bar, so give them a shot. Get to Built.com and place your order now. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. So go support BYU by supporting our friends at Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bars on the market. BYU, Arizona. For the third time in the past six years, the Cougars and the Wildcats will open the season against one another. This time, they'll play it at Allegiant Stadium down there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Looking forward to seeing this game, folks. We are just a day away. Depending on when you're listening to this, we could be under 24 hours. It could be 36 hours. But nonetheless, it is coming, and I am super excited to watch this game. Just a heads up for you guys, I will be doing pre- and post-game coverage for the Zone Sports Network on 97.5 FM. 
and 12.80 a.m. with Hans Olsen. You guys can tune in an hour before the game and obviously shortly after the game concludes. We will be live taking your calls, playing post-game audio. We'll have all of that for you guys ahead on tomorrow. But let's talk a little bit about this matchup. I think this is a game that BYU is rightly favored by double digits. I just don't see it from Arizona. And as you heard from Mike Luke earlier on this week, I don't remember if it's necessarily explicitly stated on this podcast, but he said it in a radio interview with DJ and PK in the morning that he felt like that the quarterback, no, he did say on this podcast, he didn't feel like the quarterback of the future for the Wildcats is currently on their roster. They're going with the two quarterback system. They're going to have uh, Will Plummer the backup to Gunner Cruz and they're going to split time in this game. It sounds like they may ride the hot hand if one of them starts showing well in this contest. But if you're a BYU fan, folks, my chief concern is making sure these quarterbacks cannot get the ball to Arizona's playmakers. I really like this wide receiving core for Arizona. And BYU's cornerbacks, and we're going to hear from Gennaro Guilford, his cornerback unit is going to have their work cut out for him because they are going to have to face off against Stanley Berryhill Jr. He's a very, very good football player, 5'10", 181 pounds. He is flanked by Jamari Joyner, 6'1", 207 pounds. And then Brian Castile, another good wide receiver, at 6'2", 200 pounds. They've got plenty of size. They've got plenty of skill on the perimeter with their wide receivers. The chief concern that I have for Arizona is can they get the ball to those playmakers effectively? The hope is the BYU, that pass rush, guys like Tyler Batty, Uriah Leatawa, from the interior, guys like, uh, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of um, uh, Earl Tuioti Mariner. That's who I was thinking of. He's actually shown quite a bit of ability to pass rush effectively from the interior of BYU's defensive line. I also like BYU just being able to get after the quarterback. I want to see some more blitzes. I want to see BYU just make life miserable for these quarterbacks. I think if BYU can get in these quarterbacks' heads, they're going to go out there and they're going to show that they can slow down this offense. I am not of the opinion that Arizona is that great of a team. I don't think the offensive line is that great. I don't think they're going to give the quarterbacks a lot of time to make plays. But you do have to get after the quarterback. You cannot allow either Gunnar Cruz or Will Plummer or whoever else might line up a quarterback for the Wildcats. Jordan McLeod is technically the third-string quarterback in this matchup. You cannot allow them to get comfortable in the pocket. I'm not seeing that BYU is going to bring the house and get a bunch of sacks. That's not BYU's MO. We've heard that. It's explicitly clear at this point, six years into Kalani Sitake's tenure and under Elisa Tuiaki's direction, that BYU's defense is not focused on just getting sacks. They want to limit yards per attempt by these quarterbacks. Does that include getting pressure on the quarterback? Sure. But I really think you got to come after these quarterbacks and make life miserable for them. Flipping over to the defense here, I actually like Arizona's defense, and I think they're going to come after BYU. There's a reason why Don Brown has the nickname Dr. Blitz. He has been a blitz-happy defensive coordinator for most of his career, and I don't expect that he is going to be able to sit back and just allow BYU to pick and pop and just do things to uh, the Wildcats all night long. He is going to make sure that the Wildcats are going to do everything within their power to disrupt Jaron Hall, his connection with BYU's tight ends, the running backs, and the wide receivers. And it's BYU's opportunity, especially this offensive line's opportunity, to stonewall all of that, give Jaron Hall the time he needs, and then just get out there and show what they can do. I like BYU's chances in this game, folks. I think BYU is going to beat the Arizona by double digits. I really do. 
I may be up in the night and thinking that because there's still a lot of unknowns about BYU. How will Jaron Hall hold up? How will this new offense look with a rebuilt offensive line? Will a lead wide receiver emerge out of the shadows? Will it be Neil Pout? Will it be Gunnar Romney? Will Isaac Rex be as good as he was a year ago? There are so many question marks around BYU, but BYU is in a much better place right now than Arizona is. So, I do think that BYU will cover the spread. It's sitting, I think, at 12.5 last I saw, and it'll continue to move right up until game time. So don't quote me on that, but I look forward to this. So my prediction for this game, you guys are probably wondering for about what I'm going to pick for this game. Give me BYU 31, Arizona 14. That's my prediction. I'd love to hear your guys' predictions as well. Please reach out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, you can send it to me there, is Jacob C. Hatch. Love hearing from you guys. And feel free to also email the show. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. You guys can have your call. And, of course, we'll do a special edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast late tomorrow night. I guess it'll probably be early Sunday morning. I'll get around to it and do a short recap of what I took away. And As I mentioned earlier on in the week, by the way, kind of our new uh, publishing format, we're going to do what would technically be our Monday show, kind of the film review, looking back at the game. I'm going to publish it as soon as I record it on Sunday. Then Monday afternoon, shortly after BYU's press conference, I'll put out another edition. We'll call it essentially our Tuesday edition, even though it'll come out early on Monday. And then we'll get back to more of our traditional format on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leading up to the Utah game next week, but looking forward to it, folks. This is going to be a lot of fun. Now, one other thing, bold predictions. My bold calls. What do I think will go in this game? You guys know I have been very apt, if you've been listening for a long time, to kind of give you my thoughts on things that I think will play out. Here are some of my bold predictions. I do think that BYU will run for 200 yards in this game. Tyler Algier is poised to really have a sensational season, I think. And BYU's offensive line, they've got something to prove. I think they're going to go out there and really want to establish themselves. And I think BYU runs for 200-plus yards in this game. Will that all come from Tyler Algier? No, absolutely not. Lopini Katoa will have a role. Guys like Hinkley Rapati potentially have a role in that. And Jaron Hall, he's as fast as anybody on that offense. He has shown the ability to really change chew up yardage when given the opportunity to do so. So I think BYU will rush for 200 yards in this game, and if they rush for 200 yards, I think they win very comfortably. Now on the defensive side of the football, I actually think Tyler Batty is going to garner at least two sacks in this game. I think he's that good, folks. I really believe in this young man's ability. If given the right amount of reps and he is on his game, I think he can have two sacks in this contest and get after the quarterback. Does that mean that BYU is going to go out there and have a sack party? No, I don't think so. But I think a guy like Tyler Batty, what he showed last year, he's looking to build off of it. He's very motivated to show that, hey, my health issues are behind me and let's go out and have a stellar season this upcoming year. And what better way to start the season than with at least two sacks? We'll see if I'm right about that. If you guys want to have your bold predictions, as I mentioned earlier, reach out via social media or via email and let us know about them. So those are my two bold predictions. 200 plus rushing yards for BYU, and I'm calling it right now, Tyler Batty with at least two sacks in the contest. So there you go. My bold predictions along with my prediction of 31-14 for BYU going to 1-0 to start the season. 
All right, coming up next, we will get an insight on BYU's cornerback situation. As I mentioned, I really worried about these wide receivers for Arizona. Getting the ball to them is a question in its own right, but if they do have the ball, will BYU's cornerbacks be a match for them? Well, we've heard plenty of praise for that cornerback unit. Why not ask the guy who is coaching them every single day? An exclusive one-on-one conversation with BYU cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford is moments away. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet Online. Is of course that time of year. College football underway. A lot of games last night, games tonight, and obviously BYU in action tomorrow. The NFL comes next week. It is the best time of year, folks. And Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL Survivor Contest, which are both open now at BetOnline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a one hundred percent welcome bonus. That's right, one hundred percent welcome bonus using the promo code Locked On at BetOnline. Also, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager gets refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up. And please use the promo code NFL100 in that circumstance. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football to basketball to boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and get over to BetOnline.ag and check out all of what they've got going on. Once again, that's BetOnline. They are your online sportsbook experts. Please be joined now by BYU cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford. Coach Guilford, how are you, sir? Oh, man, I'm amazing. Blessed. That's what we like to hear. Obviously, it's game week this week, getting ready to face off against Arizona. How nice is that sound to actually know that, hey, we got a game this Saturday? Oh, man, that's music to my ears. You know, it's been a long time, especially, you know, football. You practice all spring and all summer, and, you know, you only get a chance to play 11 to maybe 15 games every year. So it's just music to my ears just to get, just to get a chance to be playing game one. How are your cornerbacks looking from your perspective going into game one? Uh, you know, we get in there, you know, um, have about five or six guys who can play. So um, guys are out here working, working every day, um, trying to get better. Guys are, guys are bought in um, and ready to roll. I've heard people say that this might be the most talented group of cornerbacks in quite some time at BYU. Would you agree with that assessment? Um. As a unit, uh, yeah, you know, um, being being um, being here, playing here, knowing the knowing the history, knowing knowing the guys personally who um, played before me and and uh, after me, um, just just being able to say that we have you know um, six guys who have played at least a hundred snaps of of, of of college football, you know, that's that's a blessing right there, and um, those guys come and practice, compete, compete every day. Um, so it's just it's just kind of building our room up, and um, I would I would definitely say that it's it's the most it's it uh, you know what I'm I'm trying to be humble. Yes, it is. <laughs> you, you, but you you don't want to take credit away from yourself, obviously, because you were pretty dang good back in the day. Let's be honest. I mean, as far as individuals go, I mean, you know, we I can't I, I can't say that I have any. Um, individual that's that's better than the guys who all who all came before them but collectively as a unit um they're they're 
they're definitely better than um, the units that we've had, just, just the depth that we have. Very nice. Uh, I see on the depth chart it has D'Angelo Mandel, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, Keenan Ellis is your starting tandem. Are they going to be your starters, or is this very much going to be a rotational basis? Um, they'll be the starters, but um, those who those who watched uh, closely know that I that I always play um, at least at least four every game. Um, so you know, um, my top four are going to play regardless. Um, so. So they so they definitely have to be ready, and they definitely know that. Um, just being being around around for years, um, they know that the ones and the twos play every single game. There's not a game that goes by that the ones and twos don't play for me. Um, so so for me, that's that's good for my group because everybody has to prepare like they're playing, and they and they know they're going to play. You mentioned a little earlier on that you have a number of guys who have played over 100 snaps at the collegiate level. Having played at the collegiate level, at a high level, is there a certain experience factor that goes into being an effective cornerback? Is there a certain amount of games you need to really feel like, okay, I've got this down? Uh, you know what, man? That, 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 that never really comes. I mean, it just, it just depends on the, on the individual. You know, some guys step in day one and they just have it. You know, they just... They just have that confidence and they're just ready to roll. You know, some guys, it takes a few years. So it just depends on that, on that person. Um, but definitely guys who have played um, over a hundred snaps going there with some kind of confidence as far as, as far as the scheme and stuff like that, things that they have seen, um, route, route concepts, um, the way to tackle um, down and distance situations. So that's definitely um, a, a major, a major uh, plus. For us. D'Angelo Mandel is an intriguing player to me, just with his height and speed combo. Is that what makes him so unique? Is just his ability to run at the height and weight he he plays at? Oh yes, man. That that in the in the addition of his of his work work ethic, you know, the things that people don't see, the things that he does um, after practice, not just during when when everybody's watching, man. But he's he's out here before and after practice. Um, you know, getting getting extra training with it, with it, with extra guys. So um, he wants to be great, and that's and that's a and that's a great thing about him. Similar question about Keenan Ellis. I think he's one of the guys that BYU fans have been intrigued by. He's been at BYU. I think this is his fourth season, if I'm not mistaken. What do you see from him that's really helped him step into a, a starting role at this point? And the same thing from him. You know, um, work work ethic for him. Um, I definitely think um, experience played a, a major, major factor. Just going through the ups and downs of everything of the of the position, um, coming to BYU, never playing corner before, so he kind of took his lumps, you know. Um, but um, that that definitely made him made him hungry, made him a better a better a better player, more um, a better student of the game, and things like that. So now um, he's he's a, a, a upperclassman and he's ready to roll. You brought in a pair of transfers. Let's start off with Caleb Hayes. What intrigued you about him coming over as a graduate transfer from Oregon State? Yeah, again, experience. A guy, a guy who started nine or ten games in the in the Pac-12 against big teams and stuff like that. Started a game against Ohio State at at, at Ohio State, and um, a guy, a guy who's come in and um and showing and showing my guys how they work at a at a, a P5 school, you know, and. Um, and he came here, and and he was surprised by the way that my guys work, you know, and just letting them know that they are doing the right things. Um, so he's he's 
definitely <laughs> fit in great. Is that okay? And that that actually leads me to another question before we talk about Jacob Robinson here. Is that kind of unique? You feel like to guys like they expect one thing maybe coming to BYU, but then they get to BYU and realize, oh hey, this is a pretty high level of football, all things considered. Oh man, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, you know, some people think that um, you know because um, we're not labeled as a, a, a P five school, we don't we don't work as hard or or things like that. But then when they get here, as far as transfers and, and come. Uh, train train with our guys they're like man you guys actually work work harder than than most schools and some guys some guys just can't make it you know uh what about jacob robinson intrigues you obviously he spent some time at utah state he's a kid that you guys are probably well aware of having played at orem high school but what do you like about him oh yeah man i, I mean and i recruited jacob um i was his i was his first offer coming out of high school okay, um, you know cool. uh, but but this um, so for him man the his speed, his his uh his uh fluidity, his 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 confidence while he's while he's up there playing, ball skills, aggressive. I mean, he has he has all all the tools to become a successful corner um at any level, you know. Um, so he's definitely been a surprise here, and uh, he'll he'll definitely play a big role. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Arizona before we wrap up here. Obviously, they're expected to play two different quarterbacks. Does that change anything for your unit having to prepare for two different guys? Uh, no, not at all. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we have to go go and go and do our job and be be uh, sticky in coverage. Um, try to prevent big plays. Um, make tackles when we have the opportunity. What have you seen? Uh, Stanley Berry Hill seems to be their star receiver. What have you seen from him on film? Oh man, all all around wide out, very very uh, savvy, savvy. A guy a guy who uh, knows how to get open, um, sits down in zones, can take you deep, um, and they have a, a stable over there, you know. So they have um, five or six guys who can who can really really play. So we'll have our hands full, um, you know. And they have all all types of wide outs, you know. Him and um, BJ um, Castell, you know. They they have Again, uh, Cunningham, number 11, a guy who's a, a 10 600 guy who's a vertical threat, a uh, screen guy, um, a guy who can catch the ball in open field and take it the distance. So, again, man, we're going we gonna to have our hands full all night. This may be a weird question, but did you ever reach out to A.J. Stewart for more of kind of an insight on what they have on offense considering he spent a year down there at Arizona? Uh no, because I mean this it's a it's a whole new staff and um the new staff can think different differently of guys who are who are there now, you know. Um just because I like a guy doesn't mean the next coach will, you know. So um so so for us, I mean we just have to go by the go by the depth chart, um, watch the spring game and kinda look at look what guys are doing and, and just kinda go from there. Last from the last thing for me, Coach. Is there a guy that in your unit of, of, of your stable of cornerbacks that maybe emerged during fall camp that BYU fans may not be aware of that you expect to see some playing time? Oh man, I, honestly, no. It's just it's just the whole unit, man. Everybody actually stepped up, and um, and, and guys like Jacob Robinson and, and, and Caleb Hayes coming in, being being uh, transfers uh, made made everybody step their game up. You know, so um, I think I think that's what's making our our unit so good is, is having those guys come in and being ready to being ready to compete, um, making plays, and 
it's kind of forcing everybody to make plays. So that's a so that's a great thing. Well, that's what we like to hear. Best of luck this weekend, Coach, and look forward to catching up with you down the road, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. There he is, Gennaro Guilford, BYU cornerbacks coach. A huge thank you to him for taking the time to join us right here on the podcast. Always good to hear from him, and I'm really excited to see these cornerbacks in action. they got a good amount of athletes to go up against against Arizona, and obviously moving forward this season when you face seven Power 5 teams. All those guys are going to be needed as they face some very, very good athletes on opposing offenses. All right, a couple of notes before we go quickly here. Congratulations to the BYU women's soccer program. Bouncing back in emphatic fashion. Seven nothing winners over Marquette at Southfield last night. Seven goals from seven different players. They led at halftime of these 3-0 at halftime. Added four goals in the second half. Just an absolute demolition of the Golden Eagles. And BYU will be off until next week. Women's volleyball. Volleyball was pushed to the limit by in-state foe Weber State. Five-set win for BYU Women's Volleyball to remain undefeated on the season. They are 4-0 on the year. Uh, Women's soccer, by the way, 3-2 on the year now. Women's Volleyball will be back in action tonight when they take on Dixie State as part of the BYU Invitational presented by Zions Bank. That is scheduled to begin at the Smith Fieldhouse at 7 o'clock. And then the Women's Volleyball program will play once again tomorrow night against Michigan State at the Smith Fieldhouse. That is also scheduled for a 7 o'clock start. Both of those matches scheduled to be televised on the BYU TV app or streamed on the BYU TV app. I'm not sure why it's not on actual BYU TV, but I don't control BYU TV, and I think they should be showing as many live sports as they can, but apparently they're opting just to stream these matches nonetheless. So there you go. Everything you need to know here on a Friday and looking forward to the game tomorrow night. Once again, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff on ESPN. 7.30 for those of you going to the game down there in Las Vegas. And I'd love to see pictures of you guys at the game, so send them in to Locked On Cougars. Let us know your predictions, all that fun stuff. Search us out on social media and let us know what you're thinking going into the matchup tomorrow night. Enjoy the game, folks. We'll do a post-game recap of it probably early Sunday morning. Get your guys' thoughts on the game. But it's a blast, folks. Football season is here. Watched a lot of football last night. Going to watch some tonight. I'll actually be calling high school football for KSL Sports. It's a great time of year, folks. It's my favorite time of the year. And get excited. We're going to have a lot of fun in the upcoming season. All right, that'll do it. Have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 3rd, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow, hopefully, shortly after a BYU win. See you.